The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for tuning in to winningponies.com. I think we've got another really good show for you tonight. We've got a recap of all those excellent Breeders' Cup preps from last week. And... Uh, Two outstanding guests. Uh, we're going to start that handicapping portion a little early today. I'm going to bring on my main man, John McDoolin. Uh, John McDoolin, of course, is racing's renaissance man. Uh, there, there's not much in racing or life that John hasn't done, from running a, a tow truck uh, to uh, having a pizza shop in Arkansas uh, to being the track man at uh, tracks uh, throughout the, the Midwest and, and all the way down to Florida. Also a columnist uh, for the Daily Racing Forum, covering several different racetracks, uh, primarily in the Midwest. I'm sure you've heard John McDoolin on Winning Ponies Airwaves before. And uh, then we're going to follow it up with a guy that's finishing up a basketball game, but he's going to hope to get back to his uh, home in Lexington and talk to us. I'm sure you've heard of him before. His name is Elliot Walden. Um, he started out, uh, you know, the hard way, uh, worked for high-profile trainers like uh, Leroy Jolly and uh, John Gotson. Uh, he, he took out his uh, trainer's license uh, in, in 1984. Uh, of course, everybody will remember when he uh, conditioned Victory Gallup to win the Belmont Stakes. And uh, actually, the following year, Victory Gallup gave uh, Elliot Walden his first uh, champion when he was voted the champion older male. So this is a guy that has been there and done that. He actually gave up the banner of, of trainer uh, to take over uh, operations at Windstar Farm back in 2003. And what a success story Windstar Farm has been. And uh, they don't rest on their laurels. They're, they're still on their cutting edge of technology as far as getting fans involved in the game. Of course, they had... Uh, uh, Kentucky Derby winner uh, Super Saver and Drosselmeyer. Uh, not in a bad little run for Windstar Farm. So we're going to talk with uh, Elliot Walden and John McDowell in, in the show. And uh, right now, let's get back to uh, some racing news of the week. Corey Nakitani at Belmont Park, while others were in other parts of the country, uh, Corey was knocking them dead in New York. He went six for seven on the card with two grade one wins. Uh, he joins uh, some pretty good company there. Uh, only the third jockey to win six races on one card at Belmont Park. Uh, again, two grade one wins. Uh, he joins uh, Jorge Velasquez, uh, who went six for six back in 81. 
and Ramon Dominguez, who uh, back in 2011 uh, did that. Obviously, Nakatani very uh, pleased with his accomplishment. Uh, rode mostly on the West Coast, but he says he loves Belmont, where the trainers and owners have been great supporters uh, throughout the years. And uh, so uh, he's making quite an impression on the uh, on the East Coast. Well, let's uh, welcome back Rosie. Rosie Napravnik gets back into racing this Saturday at Delaware. Uh, you may recall uh, it was back in July when she broke her arm at Delaware Park. Uh, she's going to return to the saddle this Saturday. She's only 23 years old, but, boy, really making an impact on the sport. Uh, she comes out of Morristown, New Jersey. Uh, she's going to ride five uh, at Delaware on Saturday. And... Uh, she uh, is going to ride in her first stakes race for a while, the Delaware Certified Stakes. Uh, before that injury, you've got to remember that uh, Rosie was the leading Delaware Park jockey in standings with 36 wins, but she didn't just sit on her laurels. Uh, she became the first female leading rider in the history of Delaware Park. She notched 126 winners that season and then took her show on the road and became the first female rider to win the jockey title at the fairgrounds and also the first female rider to win the Louisiana and a derby uh, aboard Pants on Fire. So uh, it's uh, welcome back to Rosie. Well, of course, uh, we centered a lot on Keeneland uh, last week, and uh, it paid off. The uh, opening day for their 75th anniversary uh, drew uh, 19,000 people, a record for a Friday opening in a fall meeting at, at Keeneland. And Keeneland, of course, uh, most of the big races are over, but not all of them. They're still going to have a big uh, weekend uh, highlighted by the Queen Elizabeth II Challenge Cup. Um, Winter Memories, an interesting horse that'll that'll be in that race. Uh, she started her campaign at Keeneland, and uh, she can end the year the same way uh, in the Queen Elizabeth. Um, she started out in the Appalachian Stakes, which was a Grade Three. Uh, her most uh, recent victory was the spectacular. Neck triumph under a hand ride over Thy Skin's Theory in the Grade 1 Garden City, in which she passed all seven of her rivals in the final furlong. I believe we highlighted that on winningpodies.com. Uh, big connections here. Uh, she's, uh, even with her mother now, memories of silver in Grade 1 victories. Uh, memories of s- silver. Uh, who campaigned until she was five, earned $1.4 million. And uh, it looks like uh, good news is they're going to bring winter memories back, so we'll get to watch her race again next year. A horse we won't see race anymore this year is going to be Acclamation. Uh, it looks like uh, Acclamation, um, who won the uh, Pacific Classic, um, is going to be getting a little break. Uh, owner breeder Buddy Johnson, just a class act. He, he's doing the right thing for the horse. Some people may have uh, may have rushed a, a horse along or thought, you know, we can work with this. Uh, but uh, he found a little heat in the foot. He's, they say he's not in any discomfort. But when you got heat, you got something to worry about. Um, so the last thing you want to do is have a short horse for a mile and a half race as tough as the Breeders' Cup. So. Uh, uh, Buddy Johnson's going to do the right thing, give the horse some time off. Um, of course, Acclamation, he's a son of unusual heat, West Coast Stallion, lifetime record of nine wins and 28 starts and earnings of $1.6 million, and they want to bring him back next year. All right, how about a little bit of news from across the pond? And uh, Frankel, the horse named after Bobby Frankel, is going to set up the British Champion Series at Ascot. 
bringing together uh, just the best horses in Europe. I guess it's be kind of their version of, of the Breeders' Cup. Uh, he's going to start in another QE2, uh, Saturday's Group 1 Queen Elizabeth Stakes at Ascot. Uh, this He's undefeated, an eight-time winner, uh, so he's going to head up that showcase uh, that will have five stakes worth approximately $4.6 million. It'll be the richest day ever of racing in British history. Of course, uh, he's owned by Judmont Farm, uh, who Bobby Frankel conditioned many of their horses, and I just think it's a great tribute that a horse named Frankel turned out to be such a good one. Uh, it does look like Dana Dream. Uh, last week we talked about uh, this horse winning the Arc de Triomphe. Uh, will not travel to the United States uh, for the Breeders' Cup. If anything, she's going to go in the other direction and may race in Japan. Now, how about our breeding news of the week? Another race we brought to you on winningponies.com last week. Uh, we saw Blind Luck uh, disappoint. And uh, they, they've said, well, you know, she's not really hurt, but I'm not sure we want to bring her back. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to sell her. That's right. Blind Luck is going to be sold at Keeneland in, in the November sale. Uh, she was obviously under consideration for the Breeders' Cup Ladies Classic, but uh, when she just didn't fire last week, they just thought, you know, as hot as she is, uh, championship status, this might be a great time to, to sell uh, the four-year-old filly. Uh, in uh, that, the Lady Secret, the race that she ran, it was the first time in her 22-race career uh, that she finished worse than third. Uh, racing will definitely miss her. Uh, winningponies.com, uh, just uh, three weeks ago we talked to uh, Corey Johnson. One of the stallions uh, he stands, Purim, had his first winner uh, when uh, two months' rent rallied in the fifth race at Belmont Park. Uh, so, uh, Purim, congratulations to, uh, to Corey Johnson. Uh, and uh, also uh, a horse that uh, we said we would be interested in breeding to it sometime if we ever had a million bucks. Well, Kate Blanco, they announced that uh, he has retired after sustaining that knee injury in the Joe Hirsch, and uh, a stud fee hasn't been announced. You can find him at Ashford Stud near Versailles, Kentucky. And uh, Mike Rapoli of Rapoli Stables uh, and Coolmore Ashford Stud, boy, are they bringing in some big horses, have reached a deal where champion Uncle Mo is going to race there. Uh, not race there, stand stud there after he finishes racing, and that decision uh, will be decided um, after after the the Breeders' Cup. Um, Royal Redo, the uh, the claimer to fame, you can watch him run this Friday at Charlestown. Uh, he's going to go for his 18th straight, closing in on Zenyatta and Pepper's Pride. Uh, they say he likes the three-turn distance races. It will be interesting, though, because he likes to do it on the front end, and if you take a quick look at the PPs, there's a couple others that like to do it on the front end also. Uh, let's look at a couple of the races right now that we uh, reviewed uh, last week on winningponies.com. Uh, the uh, the Phoenix Stakes, uh, we thought it was going to come down to Flashpoint or Aconite, and it was Hoofit getting Aconite at the wire by a nose. Beautiful ride by Edgar Prado. Graham Motion is just loaded uh, w- with horses. Uh, then the... Uh, the, the Darley's Alcibiades, bit of an upset here, but a bit of an angle if you're playing Keeneland. Kittens Joys on the poly track. Uh, anything owned by Ken and Sarah Ramsey uh, are extremely dangerous. Uh, Stephanie's Kitten upsetting the field uh, in the Darley Alcibiades. Uh, just a, a very impressive performance, and it looks like uh, she'll be uh, headed towards uh, the Breeders' Cup. 
We also, of course, uh, looked at the First Lady, and in the First Lady, it was never retreat. The other angle at Keeneland, Julian Le Paru, uh, this horse coming out of Woodbine's grade two Canadian, uh, never retreat, was uh, extremely impressive. Uh, kind of chased the pace, stayed just off it, got up to win by a length and a half. Uh, a horse that uh, we hope will come back again next year. Probably doubtful. She's a six-year-old mare. She'll probably retire on the top side. Um, Again, uh, we concentrated a lot on Keeneland, and we looked at the, uh, the, the Dixiana Breeders' Futurity. Well, sometimes you've got to open up that, uh, that Breeders' book, and if you found a horse by the name of Dullahan, you'll notice that he's a half-brother to grade one Kentucky Derby winner. Mind that bird. Uh, and uh, Dullahan, like Mind That Bird, likes to come from behind. So this is a horse that could be very dangerous uh, in the Breeders' Cup and that uh, he's going to be able to handle the distance. He was uh, ninth at the half-mile pole, <clears throat> lagging well behind, steadily advanced, got within striking distance and uh, stayed wide, and he very closed very fast to get up for the win over a majestic city and optimizer. Kent DeSormo was in the saddle for the Dixiana Breeders' Futurity. Uh, moving along now uh, to the, the Shadwell Turf, uh, a race that uh, Gio Ponte has always loved and loved it again uh, over the weekend. Uh, Gio Ponte was just very impressive. It was a close call, though. Only got up by a half a length over Get Storm- Stormy and Sydney's Candy. Those two were the pace setters all the way around. A fantastic ride by Ramon Dominguez. Uh, in that $600,000 Shadwell Turf Mile. And I guess we're probably going to see uh, Christophe Clement point this horse uh, to uh, the, the Breeders' Cup a mile. Uh, he did indicate after the race that he thought that that might be the way to go. As you know, you, know, you never really know where they're going to show up. Uh, then, of course, on Sunday at the Spinster, uh, it was Aruna uh, proving that uh, she had no problem Racing on Polytrack. Had never raced on Polytrack before. Again, Grand Motion absolutely is, is just loaded with, with big runners. Aruna taking down the spinster. It'll be interesting to see if she shows up in the ladies' classic. Uh, kind of a strange race at Keeneland, the Bourbon, the Bourbon Stakes. Uh, here comes Frazier, had the lead turning for home. Julian Le Peru kind of flashed the, uh, the whip. And uh, he he spooked and just kind of put the brakes on. Uh, Julian went flying over the the rail, which was the uh, the, the the temporary rail. Uh, landed briefly on his hands and then went into his uh, his tuck and roll. And uh, he's a gutsy guy. He came out. Uh, he was down for a few minutes and uh, he actually rode uh, the, the next two races. So. Uh, uh, you know, hats off to Julian. They were hoping that he was going to ride uh, on Wednesday. He just didn't feel uh, good enough and decided to uh, uh, take the day off and, and come back today. Um, let's uh, slowly move out to the West Coast now. There was the uh, the Hawthorne uh, Gold Cup. And uh, in, in the Gold Cup, it was Headache who got his first grade two win. Uh, some interesting horses in there. You know, some of them may be second-tier horses. I think one you want to watch is a horse by the name of Cease. 
Uh, he stalked the pace, uh, moved to the lead, turned for home, and then uh, battled real tough to the wire, but just wasn't good enough. And then Giant Oak, who's always around there, uh, came from far behind and came with a good run, uh, but just couldn't get there. What do you say now that we uh, move on out to California? Uh, was the Oak Tree Mile, and this was the race where we going to test Mr. Commons against older horses, uh, but Mr. Commons, I think, took himself a little too far out of the race. Horse by the name of Geronimo, who put in a clunker in the Pacific Classic, uh, came back and notched his second grade two and his first victory in 10 months. Uh, it was a hard-charging Mr. Commons. Uh, very interesting. It looks like both Geronimo and Mr. Commons are probably going to show up uh, in the uh, in the Breeders' Cup Mile, so that will be that will be an interesting uh, rematch. Um, moving along to our California races, uh, the ancient title, Grade One, with a quarter million. I guess it uh, uh, looks like uh, there's no such thing as a sure thing. The factor got all of the action. Was bet down to two to five. Uh, another case, though, where three-year-old was taking out older horses, and Amazombie ended up being the winner. Uh, the factor just got into a huge speed duel and paid for it. Uh, we'll see where he shows up. Uh, we'll swing back to the, the east right now where another super horse may be arising, and then we'll be coming up with John McDoolin to handicap the race. But uh, two two-year-olds really took center stage. Uh, it was a Union Rags who was stirring up memories of, of Barbara with his victory in the Champagne. Why? Well, he's undefeated, and he's trained by Michael Matz. Very, very uh, Im- impressive in the Champagne. If you saw this race, uh, it was not a clean one for Union Rags. Uh, he was boxed in, and then when he finally was asked for run, he got clear, and he just blasted past his rivals. And this is going to be a very, very uh, interesting uh, Breeders' Cup with the, with those two-year-olds. Uh, now, in the next race, it was the Frisette, and it was my Miss Oriala, and she actually ran faster in the Frisette than... Union Rags, but Union Rags, if you go back and watch the race, you can see he really was kind of uh, uh, geared down in, in the final 16th once they went by. But uh, Miss Ariala, grade two Adirondack winner, she's now three for three, and she's the likely favorite for the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. All right, that's a look at last week's racing. Let's get on to this week's racing. Pretty soon we'll be coming up with my good friend and great handicapper, John McDoolin. flagship station for sports voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and not just John Engelhart, but John McDoolin, a, a good friend, a, a great handicapper, and a man that's all I can say is been there, done that. John, how you doing? I'm doing great, John. How you doing tonight? I'm I'm just fine. I'm just fine. I know uh, I've seen you a lot of times. I've been passing you. Know, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to Calder. Where are you going? I'm writing a story on Presque Isle. Where are you going? Oh, the Hoosier Derby. I mean, they pretty much uh, got you uh, pr- pretty well spread out here in the Midwest these days, don't they? Yeah, I had a great summer. I uh, I, I got to go down. I, it was kind of a working vacation. I took my son down. The, the Equibase called and needed somebody at Calder, and I said, sure, I'll go for the – it was just like a, it was a long weekend, so it worked out well. And then uh, – yeah, I went up to Hoosier for the racing forum, went up to Prescott for their big races, so it it was a good summer. Well, all that gives you a lot of good ra- racing experience. Uh but I'll tell you what, how how do you do it with your handicapping because all these different tracks that 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 you're going to all have different surfaces. Uh, is, it, is it hard for you to keep in mind or do you zero in on that when you're handicapping? Yeah, I mean, you that's, find that's those kind horses of almost what you have to do is is remember uh, where you are. Just like you know anybody that's that's handicapping it, uh, you know when you're doing simulcasting, you, you start thinking, okay, the track's muddy, and you're betting a track that you know the track's not muddy. So, and it's kind of Prescott's. You know they've got an artificial service, so that's not that's not that tough. And and the one thing that I used is is the form for the jockey uh, trainer stats. Yeah, those those are just. I mean, those help immensely. I mean, I've. Um, you know, I usually I usually bet Belmont, but I end up you know having to handicap anywhere everywhere. But you know, when you just walk in cold to a track, those those stats really seem to help. And then you know the ones they've got at the bottom, it, it kind of tells you you know that like a trainer then the 31 to 60 days how they do the turf, the routes, um, especially in maiden races, all those things really really seem to help. Um, yeah, and I can tell you, you know, recently I've been down in Keeneland, and that's where it helps because these guys are just coming in from everywhere. Right. Yeah. That's that's the uh, yeah. I was I saw you down there last uh, opening day. I was down there and and it's uh, you really got to keep up and and like I said, the form really helps you because I mean some of the guys you never heard of they might be great trainers you know where they're where they're at and you never heard of them uh, so it, it makes it kind of tough but being consistent that's the main thing. 
All right. Well, I know right now you're 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 in the heart of Buckeye country in uh, Grove City, Ohio, and uh, at Beulah Park. And I watched a couple races uh, the other day, and I noticed something was different, and and that's the new surface. Uh, how's the surface looking? How's the surface playing? The surface is unbelievably great. They they did a lot with the uh, drainage also. And so uh, it, it rained uh, really quickly the other day. Uh, the other day, and uh, we had the rain yesterday. Um, it, it's playing very fair. Um, it, it's uh, you, you couldn't it, it, when you look at it. it physically, it looks kind of like uh, the, the track at uh, at Tampa. I mean, it's just it's kind of sandy, and it just the color of it and the way it looks. I mean, it's you know this year they hired a uh, track superintendent, which is the first time they've had one in about. I don't know, six or seven years. Joe DeLuca's a great guy, but they, he's, he's a steward. And then they also, in between races, he would run down and take care of the track, and it was, you know, uh, it didn't work out. So I think this year the track's, you know, I mean, it, it hasn't favored, you know, the best horse has been winning. It hasn't favored closers. It hasn't favored speed. It's been really fair from inside to out. And I, I think the guy's done a great job. The guy they hired was at uh, Canterbury before, um, and I've heard nothing but good things about him. So... I think this is going to be the first years where they don't have, you know, days closing from trouble with the track. Well, that'll be good for them because they do race on some odd days and they may get attention uh, from from around the country. Well, one one of your positions, of course, is uh, being at uh, several tracks in Ohio. This is their, I guess you could say, their their, their Breeders' Cup, um, the, the the best of Ohio they play. And uh, quite frankly, I think. Uh, in the, that there's some standouts in the in the two uh, the, the early races. You've got, of course, uh, uh, Motega, who's the undefeated uh, two-year-old filly, is going to be in that uh, that juvenile race. And then uh, you've got Pay the Man, a filly that just dominate. Not filly mare, actually, now that just dominates. So I thought maybe we'd kind of pass on those two, unless you think there's somebody in one of those two fields that can beat those two horses. No, I don't. I don't think so, John. It's you know that's the thing about Best of Ohio is is usually. I mean, it, it's you get a lot of favors. You get some upsets in the races we're going to talk about, but the two-year-old races and and the uh, and and like you said, they're, they're not going to be pay the man. So, um, yeah, the the two races, the Best of Ohio Sprint. I, I think you know there's there's a ton of speed in there as usual, um, and there are only a few closers. But I you know the speed of the speed looked to me to be Jamie Ness's horse who's winning. Um, well, slow down, slow down. We're going to get to the right. sprint. What I wanted to do was uh, was, yeah, was kind of take I take those two races and then see if we can't hook them up with a six seven for some pick threes or pick fours. So let's go on to the best of Ohio endurance, which uh, would be the sixth race. And uh, you there at Thistledown? Yeah. Hello. Best of Ohio Endurance is listed as the sixth, and of course uh, it's going to go a mile and a quarter. And when you got a horse in there that just absolutely loves this race, loves that track, and is kind of a legend in Ohio racing, and that's Cat Launch. The question is: At ten years old, is he tailing off a bit? John, you cut yeah. out for about. I, I, could you hear me? I couldn't hear you at all. Yeah, um, I can hear. I can hear you. Okay. Uh, I said yeah, let's yeah. start with the endurance and take a look at uh, Ohio Superman, as he has been dubbed, uh, Cat Launch. He is a heck of a horse. I mean, he, there's nothing you can say about Cat Launch. I mean, it, you know, the only the, the poor old guy's ten. Um, 
the governor's Buckeye. He didn't run such a great, uh, you know, they, they started out really fast. Um, I, I think it's probably time to, ter- to pass the torch to somebody else. Um, you know, raise the reward. Won this race uh, was it last year, year before last. I'm trying to remember. I think it was the year, year before. before last. Yeah, yeah. As a three year old, he won it. Um, I looked at him quite a bit, but uh, you know, it looks like Pyrite Personal is right back where where he is on top of his game. He ran a nice race last time at at Prescott, and they've got some really good horses up there. I don't know if you followed at all. Um, Ryan uh, Ryan Walsh has that horse, Sally Sally. She she ran in a twelve five timing race on closing weekend. The purse was seventy four thousand, which obviously you're gonna have some pretty good horses in a, in a race like yeah. that. But uh, yeah, uh, Pyrite Personal, uh, you know. It, He's, my only concern is the, is the uh, mile and a quarter distance. I don't think he really likes an off track. He's never won on it. That's kind of my excuse for him in the uh, Governor's Buckeye. Um, other than that, his last three races have been, or two of his last three have been great. Um, I'm looking for him to, uh, to to do a little damage this year. You know, my my heart's going to be with Cat Launch. You know, I just I love Ivan Vasquez and, and what he's done with this horse. But uh, first of all, I just threw out the Honey Jay because once he gets him going long, and that was just too hard to to pull him back. But in the Governor's Buckeye Cup, when he just failed to fire, I'm just starting to think that maybe he is getting a little long in the tooth and i'm kind of looking looking at bold captain uh i noticed that obviously uh, he won at a mile and a quarter in the governor's buckeye cup pretty easily that day he drew off uh leaving a couple of these horses in his wake and then his last race uh you know my question is did he regress was this a tune-up and then i noticed that he was also facing open company in that optional claiming I, I'm wondering if Feliciano was just kind of maybe using that as a tightener for the endurance. Right. Yeah. He, he, and he also trades Pyrite Personal, so you know I I, I think he uh, he's coming well prepared for this race. All right, John. Well, uh, earlier you started alluding to the the, the best of Ohio sprint. Uh, this race, uh, you know, uh, sneak a cold treat. Uh, I believe. Uh, was the favorite last time and got beat by uh, Triumet. But uh, Triumet's not around this year, and it sure looks like this horse is, is tuning up to the race in, in pretty good shape. But, uh, you know, there's other horses in here that, that could surprise. I'll be interested in hearing uh, who you like. Um, you know, I, you've got to use him, but I, I think an exact is um, there are only a couple horses that, that really are closers, and those will be uh, perfectly played and never forget. Um, Either one of them looks like you know I, I would use with I, I like perfectly played. Um, Gonzalez gets back on. Uh, Jeff Rodosovich is having a good year up there. Um, you know, I, I, the horse looks to me like he's ready. Won seven out of thirty at the distance. Um, finally got a fast track last time. You know, I, looks to me like uh, I, I would use those two in an exacta. All right. Well, listen. Let's turn the page to a place that has BLTs. Uh, and that would be Charlestown, and it obviously uh, shows in the state program the West Virginia Breeders' Classic for accredited West Virginia bred or sired horses carries a purse of a half a million dollars. Uh, looks like they've got their own uh, cat launch there, and a horse by the name of Russell Rose, who's won 919000 He's only a five-year-old gelding. 
Yeah, this is, that's one thing, John, about these state-bred uh, races is uh, it's just unbelievable the amount of money. Um, and, and you know, it's it's all slot money. Ho- hopefully, Ohio, you know, they'll get everything together, and and that'll be. Uh, we can look forward to that, but the money, like in, in West Virginia, the money in, like I, like I said, the the money up in, uh, um, the, up at Prescott is just unbelievable, and, and that's all from the the slots. Um, and the same thing at Hoosier. I think their uh, Hoosier Park, um, their um, maiden special weight races are up to like forty three thousand. They've got um, all those. Well, the other day, October second, it was they they ran uh, ten stake races all in one day. It was total over a million dollars for ten races, and eight of the ten or seven of the ten were uh, were uh, state bred races. And so well, I, I hope mean, we see that in, in Ohio someday. John, my back's up against a break. Who do you like in the West Virginia Breeders Classic? At the horse, John, I don't think there's any way they're going to possibly beat him. All right. Well, let, let's let's go from state bred races to what will be one of the classiest races in the country next week, uh, the Queen Elizabeth Challenge Cup down at Kingland, a mile and an eighth on the turf. What a fantastic field that has been brought together. I mean, from the East Coast to the West Coast. John, if you if I handed you fifty bucks and said make a win bet, where would you go? Number two together. Um, this horse is first out in the United States. Well, I mean, since since the Breeders. Up uh, last year, uh, she's a three-year-old. She, she just keeps getting better. She, she ran second first time out of Keeneland in the first lady. Ran a good race. Um, I, there's a lot of speed in here. I think she can lay off of it. She had a sluggish start last time, which you know that happens a lot. She was, you know, you know only two and a half weeks or two weeks earlier she was over in Great Britain. So, you know, I think you, uh, being there a little longer, I, I'm going to take number two together. I, that would be my best bet of the day. And this is going to make a great race, especially with standouts like Summer Sorry and Winter Memories in there. Well, John McDoolan, thank you very much for your expertise, and I hope you, uh, you bring home our Winning Ponies uh, audience some winners. And coming up next, Elliot Walden of Windstar Farm. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports when it comes to youth and high school football listen each week to coach al gross at first and ten football coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level join coach as he interviews personalities from the nfl ncaa and the top high school coaches from around the country catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com your national resource for youth and high school football first and ten football is wednesdays at 1 p.m pacific 4 p.m eastern on voice america sports What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. 
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right. Well, I am really honored here to uh, be uh, talking uh, with, with Elliot Walden. Uh, Elliot Walden and I, uh, believe it or not, actually go back about 25 years when we both lived at the Chateau Napoleon in Metairie, Louisiana. Of course, uh, Elliot is a third-generation horseman from a noted Kentucky family uh, known for uh, breeding and racing, a son of the late Ben Walden Jr. of uh, Vinery Farm. Um, he took his uh, training license out in 85, uh, worked under such guys as Leroy Jolly, uh, Dennis Ebert, and John Gotson. Uh, had his first grade one winner in 95. Uh, but what can I say? You know, he, he rose to the pinnacle of the sport when he won the Test of Champions. Uh, the Belmont Stakes with Victory Gallup uh, came back to win the Whitney. And, of course, that horse was later named Eclipse of Champion Older Horse. Uh, Elliot finished 99. He was ranked number three in the nation with a career best season of 7.2 uh, million. Uh, he was three-time uh, leading trainer at Churchill Downs, two-time leading uh, trainer at, at Keeneland, and then uh, he changed roles, uh, going uh, from private trainer uh, and uh, moved on to the uh, vice president of Windstar Farm, where he's managing oversight, and uh, he's now promoted to president and CEO of Windstar Farm. Elliot Walden, thank you so much for being a guest on WinningPonies.com. No problem, John. Now, tell me about, tell me about the early days. You know, people know you from, from your highlights. Well, what was it like when you, when you were starting out, out underneath, the, let's say, somebody like Leroy Jolly? Well, it's a great learning experience. And, you know, learning from Leroy back, back in those days, Leroy had all the good horses. And uh, so I was around genuine risk and... Honest Pleasure, General Assembly, um, you know, a lot of good horses, and, and, and you know, you learn from that. And, and so it was great to be with them, and, and then I learned from a guy named Dennis Ebert, who's not as well-known, but, but took a very hands-on approach with me, taught me a lot, and, um, you know, just went from there. Now, uh, when, when you kind of broke out on your own, who, uh, who were your first backers? My dad was my first backer, um, and he gave me about eight horses, and and uh, and a fellow named Richard Sturgill, who I went to college with. He gave me. He actually had owned owned my first stakes winner, a uh, fellow named Secret Advice, in uh, 1990. And um, um, you know, I started to get a little momentum around Kentucky because I had grown up in Lexington. And you know, when you when you start to win races, people notice, and, and that's the biggest way that you can improve yourself is to get to the winter circle. Absolutely. Now, it, it seemed like, I don't know, kind of like Muhammad Ali, <clears throat> you kind of went out at the top. Uh, I, I think probably a lot of people scratched their heads uh, when you decided to, you know, give away the day-to-day, although we know it's very tough work uh, as a thoroughbred trainer, uh, to get more in into management style. Uh, a, what went into your decision, and B, how difficult was the transition? Well, it was, you know, I'd grown up on a farm, so that part, as far as coming back to the farm, and, and the, the biggest the biggest difficulty there was trying to decide what to do. 
Um, I was a private trainer for Windstar in, in 05. And, you know, basically, uh, Kenny walked in one day and said, hey, I think we want to move the horses around. We'd like you to come back and, and manage it and manage the trainers. And, um, you know, so basically it was a, it was a combination of getting fired and promoted at the same time. <laughs> so, so I had a decision to make whether I wanted to, uh, you know, go back and open a public stable, which I could have done, and I would have had plenty of horses. I had, I had a lot of support. I had a lot of people that wanted to send me horses all the time. But I had a family that was, you know, I had teenagers that were 14 and 16 at the time and and involved in school, involved in activities there. And, and I'd been, it was starting to get to the point where they weren't able to travel to Florida with me in the wintertime like I right. used to. And so, you know, it was, it was a personal decision as well as a, as a professional decision. And after I blended it all together, prayed about it, I felt like the right thing to do would be to, to go to Windstar. Well, it, it says a lot about you as a man and as a professional, and uh, it, it turns out, obviously, it, it was a win-win. I mean, uh, growing up in a, in a racing family and on a farm, uh, you obviously, you, you know, you've, you've seen everything. I'm sure you've been everywhere from, you know, a, a foaling barn or to, to holding a horse for a farrier when, when shoes uh, got, mm-hmm. got put on. But, but doing that, too, and I'm sure and watching the breeding game, that's had to give you an edge on working with Windstar in the, the growth the growth of their stallions, which, by the way, uh, a tip of the cat to you that you've got two of my favorite horses uh, in your uh, in your shed row and, and two cradle stakes winners, Bellamy Road and Harlan's Holiday, who have taken off pretty well. Harlan Holiday is not as young as he was anymore, but Bellamy Road certainly, I think, is, is a horse on the rise. Um, all of that early experience of uh, being around your dad and being around the farm, uh, what is it that goes into the, the, this selection of stallions? that you have because it really is a very eclectic one well you know it's 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 the the stallion business is very difficult um it looks easy from the outside but you know when you get when you have a good one it's easy and and, and it's hard when you when you have a bad one and it's just like racehorses really and, and so you know you have to go through a lot of them a lot of times to get the good ones and and, and we've been very fortunate when Star, when Star was founded with distorted humor as a very young sire. And that really helped jumpstart the farm. And, and, you know, I doubt the farm would be where it is today without distorted humor. And, and the fact that when, when Kenny Trout and Bill Kastner bought Windstar, distorted humor just had yearlings. So they came out as two-year-olds and they hit the track running. He had a derby winner in his first crop. And that really propelled uh, Windstar you know, to, to, to a very formidable position in the marketplace. And uh, so, you know, it, it's, we do just continue to try to acquire stallions, just like you said, with Bellamy Road and Harlan's Holiday we picked up this year. We're very excited about that, and we're excited about being in the business and being in the stallion business. Uh, one neat thing about Windstar is we do touch all facets. We race, we sell, we touch the fans with our fan club and, and, and with tours on the farm. And we're in the stallion business and the breeding business. So that's what makes it exciting. That was one of the challenges that I thought I was up to and, and really looking forward to was that when I grew up, the farm was very slow. I, I didn't like the farm. I liked the action of the racetrack. But uh-huh. 
But Windstar, there's always something going on. Uh, now, is, is there a, a method? Is there a certain thing you look for? I mean, when I look at your stallion roster, they look like the New York Yankees in their heyday. Um, you know, everybody, you know, from Tis Now to Kentucky Derby winner, like, like Super Saber. Um, are you looking for horses that were precocious at two but have that pedigree that says that, that they could win the Kentucky Derby? You know, one, we do like two-turn horses. Um, so I would say that that's probably a starting point. <clears throat> you know, most of the bigger races in, this, in, in America are around two turns. So, you know, most of our horses, most of our stallions are, are – Horses that can get two-turn horses. Um, we do have Spitestown, who varies from that a little bit. And Distorted Humor probably started out varying from it, but actually, you know, him running seven furlongs was his best distance, but his offspring have been two-turn horses. So uh, that's been a very pleasant surprise. But, but you know, brilliance is a word that, that we try to put in the equation when we're evaluating stallions. You know, do, have they done something brilliant? You know, Bellamy Road went in the wood by 20. That's brilliant. Yeah, I believe that was um, race of the year in a lot of people's opinion. Yes. So that's, you know, we, we want a horse, super saver. Uh, people know him for the Kentucky Derby, but, you know, they forget that he set the stakes record in the jockey club. It's a two-year-old, 92-year uh, history on the Kentucky Jockey Club, and he ran the fastest race that's ever been run in it. And, and that's, you know, brilliant. So... We look for something that, that is, is brilliant in our state. Now, uh, as far as the development of, of your broodmare band, uh, how does that take shape? Well, we, we have 140 mares. Um, we have two real foundation mares in Supercharger, and she's a winner. They're both uh, related. They're full sisters, and they're, and they're out of the same family. She's a winner. It's a damn bluegrass cat, lord of the game, and brethren. And she's a uh, supercharger is the dam of um, Super Saver. And uh, so, um, you know, we're in Cal Nation, and, and so we're uh, uh, very excited with that family. Uh, and, and so, you know, every good stud farm has a foundation broodmare. And those two, um, you know, for years to come, we'll keep the daughters, and we'll, you know, you'll look up 20 years from now, and we'll have. Ten different daughters out of those out of those, and that will help us a great deal. I'm, I'm sure it will. Well, Elliot, listen. If you would be so kind, I need to take a brief break here, but I'd like to come back and talk about uh, Windstar as far as you guys staying on the cutting edge with with what you're doing with your your social media, uh, your, your stable fans, and I'd like to talk. Uh, briefly about uh, your new association with Chris Baker. So if you'd be so kind, I'd like to take a break here real quick, and I'll get right back to you. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? 
you can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Fantasy sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play fantasy sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And more importantly, with... Elliot Walden, the president and CEO of Windstar Farm. You know, uh, we're talking about the growth of Windstar and the fact that uh, you've got a band of 140 broodmares and you've just got a sensational roster of stallions. Um, I will tell you this, Elliot, you were a tough guy to get a hold of this week because several times when I called, they said, well, he's out on the farm somewhere looking at horses. How important is your hands-on role at Windstar? Well, you know, when you're the decision maker, you you better pay attention to the details. So, you know, it's hard to make a decision if you're not well-informed. And we have great people there. And, um, you know, you had alluded to Chris Baker coming on uh, as our general manager. We're excited about that. Chris has run Ned Evans Farm uh, in, in Virginia for the last 11 years. And they've been breeder of the year the last two. So we're excited about bringing him on board and bringing his skill set in, and, and, and we have a great team. So I can't do it all, but I do try to try to stay focused on the horses. Now, as far as uh, are you trying to bring in new owners, or do you have a core group of owners uh, that you're taking care of? You know, what's your, what's your marketing perspective from that as far as getting people involved in WinStar, perhaps in partnerships? Well, we have we have um, one main owner, Kenny Trout, and and so we're a private farm, but we cater to clients two or three different ways. Um, one, we we have clients that breed to our stallions, and so we cater to to, to mare owners, uh, people that own mares and want to breed to our stallions, and and so we we reach out to them and through email through marketing through advertising get to know them get to know what their what works for their mares and and see if we can help them in any way there two we reach out to them with our new training center we we just put in a new training center there at winstar um we've had the good fortune of having uncle mo there this year shackleford catman blue uh it's been like a who's who of, of thoroughbred racing this year has come through there for a little rest 
Boy, what um, advertising you've got, because most people doubted Uncle Mo would ever come back, and he's come back with a flash. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And, and Mike Rapoli's great at telling people that he was a wind star, so uh, that's very nice of him. And then the third way is through our fan uh, initiative called Windstar Stablemates, and and it's an on. We have an online website that that allows fans to get a close up look at you know, what we do at the farm on a daily basis through farm cams and through telling you know being able to to communicate with our managers. <clears throat> and uh, it's just really something that we started this year. We've been very pleased with it. We had a hundred people at the farm on on Friday for our annual party that were stablemate members, and, and they just got treated to a tour of the farm and got an in-close look. Got to sit with a manager, and, and it was a great time. Well, now I, for our, for our listeners out there, because I personally I have signed up uh, as a Windstar stablemate. Uh, am I correct in saying it's WindstarStableMate.com? dot com? WindstarStableMates dot com. Yes. Okay. I, I would just tell any of the listeners out there, and there are quite a few, if you haven't done it, get on your computer and go there. It is one of the best, if not the best, farm sites I've ever seen. And like Elliot alluded to, there are actually cameras where you can go and watch what's going on at the farm. And of course, there's constant updates on horses that are going to be racing, uh, the successes of horses that are they're on the track right now. Uh, you can go through their whole stallion rosters. Uh, there's beautiful photos of the farm, uh, and it, it's a really interactive uh, website. And again, get your pens out, folks. It's it's Windstar Stablemate. Dot com. Uh, now, again, I, I just wanted to uh, tell people a little bit more ab- about about Chris Baker because now w- with the dispersal of the Edward Evans uh, horses in the November sale, are you going to have a little inside track on maybe which ones you or some of your clients ought to bid on? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. But I, it's still, it's going to be a very big sale and, and our horses are going to be expensive. Most of them are going to be overpriced because anytime you have a dispersal, uh, it, it creates a lot of momentum. But, uh, uh, you know, we hope we'll pick up one or two. Um, Elliot, now, uh, I, I know from, from uh, I know that, that, that you're, you're very much a, a faith-based man. You've got a pretty big family. You got, you got any kids that are going to follow your footsteps in, in the game? Well, my, my oldest son, Will, uh, he's working for Dale Romans right now, and and he's a very talented horseman, and and has worked for Billy Mott, Todd Pletcher, and, and as well, and and uh, uh, you know I think he's he's got a bright future in this business if that's what he chooses to do. Now, I, I, it, for someone that's that, that's seen the business from from all sides, as you have, um, wh- where do you see? Our future going, and I'm, I'm looking for for the positives. What is it we need to do as a sport to a bring in more fans to the game, and a, b potentially bring in new owners and breeders? I think we need to. I think we need to figure out a way to get revenues up. I don't think expenses are, are going anywhere. Um, you know, it's very expensive to, to own a horse, so we have to figure out a way to. To get the revenue model up, so that those it makes it more attractive to, for people to want to own horses. Um, secondly, I think we just need to quit talking about all the negative stuff that we have in this business, and, and get more positive. I mean, there's so many great things when you bring a fan in or somebody that doesn't know anything about horses 
and you bring them to a racetrack or you bring them to a farm, they their eyes light up. They just say, I never realized this much went into it. And, and there's a lot to offer. And so we need to start getting creative on trying to figure out ways to to work on the positives in this business and, and, and market it in such a way that we can uh, draw in more fans and more and more horse owners. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm totally in step with you, and all I can say is uh, my hat's off to, to, to you and, and Kenny Trout and everybody that's that, that's had a, a hand on Windstar Farm. Again, what you're doing, like with Windstar Stablemate, uh, you know, bringing in uh, top people like uh, Chris Baker, uh, is, is only going to enhance the game. I, I know that uh, you, you finished playing your basketball game, and it's time for dinner with your son. Uh, you're probably both pretty hungry after throwing up the hoops. Uh, Elliot, I look forward to seeing you in, in the paddock at uh, at Keeneland this weekend. And again, I just want to thank you so much for your time. Uh, I respect your, your your efforts in the game and uh, the, the the talent that you bring to thoroughbred racing. Thank you, John. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Elliot Walden from Windstar Farm. And again, if you didn't have your pen uh, handy, it's windstarstablemate.com. Uh, if you go up there, it, it's it's free of charge and it's fun, and you can become a member. Uh, and uh, you you can at a cer- certain levels uh, become uh, you know get a tour of the farm. And I do want to let you know, if you are in the bluegrass area, uh, there, there's more than one farm that, uh, that that has tours. A lot of them do ask that you uh, go ahead and uh, call ahead of time and and arrange a tour. But when you do that, it's a little more private. Uh, I know uh, Claiborne Farm uh, has them, and, uh, you know, they try to keep the group small so you get a very private tour. And then Michael Blowen, who's uh, been on uh, winningponies.com, loves to have people come out to uh, to Old Friends Farm. And, uh, you know, he, he has got all kinds of Breeders' Cup winners, uh, grade one winners, and uh, you'll never meet uh, a, a nicer guy. Well, uh, that pretty much uh, puts on the cap of another uh, edition of uh, winningponies.com. Uh, I want to thank John McDoolan and Elliot Walden. Remind everybody there's still a lot of good racing. Royal Redo this Friday at Charlestown, the blue-collar horse that might set a record. So from atop the grandstand, overlooking the turf course past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky, I'm John Engelhart. Bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.